You are now listening to the Ghost Squawk Experience, episode number 11, with your host, Daniel Kovacs and Chin Doan. Every week, we bring on special guests to discuss issues pertaining to finance and broader topics impacting society today. Tonight's special guest is John McAfee, a world-renowned computer scientist, activist, business leader, and cryptocurrency evangelist. McAfee's career spans nearly the entire history of computing, with McAfee working for industry giants like Xerox, NASA, Univac, and Lockheed Martin. In 1987, he founded McAfee Antivirus, and under his leadership, the company executed a meteoric rise to the top of the computer security industry. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm not fond of alcohol myself. It dulls the brain. <laughs> I thought you liked Jameson. Jameson. <laughs> I I was actually going to get some Jameson here's, to drink. Here's here's the empties for today. Okay. <laughs> here's the one that's almost empty. All right. I actually bought a brought a bottle of Blanton's for you. I'm not sure if you've ever had Blanton's, but um, it's some you know, of I've had ever- everything. In- had everything under the fucking sun, my friend. That's <laughs> awesome. Yes. That is awesome. All right, hold on a sec. So, uh, thank you very much for for joining us on the Ghost Walk Experience. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're you're a huge uh, role model of mine. You know, we have uh, uh, we share similar predilections, and less than half of our girlfriends have tried to kill us. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. I think I think less than half of mine. <laughs> so it's, we have we have something in common definitely something in common All also right. the privacy stuff with okay go ahead and start recording oh, uh, so um i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the live record do you mind if we start recording right now well, i don't know hey, janice do you mind if we start right now hit the fucking button hit the fucking button all right Okay, so we are now recording live with very special guest, uh, very special guest John McAfee here. Um, so, on the Ghost Walk Experience, we have a very unique tradition where we bring a drink to uh, commemorate the guests that we have on our show. So, today I brought a brew from Late Start Brewing. Um, very nice gentleman over here at uh, Late Start Brewing who gave us these free beers to drink on uh, on this show. So beer sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much to to, to the guys. Two, cheers, two guys. sponsors. <laughs> two sponsors. Two sponsors. What what about you guys? Uh, Chase, what'd you bring? Uh, I brought some uh, Blanton's Kentucky Bourbon. It's it's some of the best bourbon you can get around. It's uh, it's one hell of a drink. I live in the best, hey, the best, the best bourbon or the best scotch, or the best Irish whiskey or the best vodka is the vodka that you don't have to pay for. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, again, again, well, hats off to our sponsors. Hats off to our sponsors. <laughs> thanks again, thanks again, Nick, over at Poorhouse Brewery in Tampa. <laughs> yeah, Late Star Brewing over in Tampa. You know, funny story. Uh, funny story, John. We um, all we wanted to do with this show was just to get free drinks. Like we 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 never wanted to really like yeah, be YouTube monetize stars or, or anything like YouTube that. Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All we wanted was somebody to just give us free drinks for talking to people. So we we've That's accomplished our goal. That, I'm assuming you got no viewers, which is fine with me. I mean, um, uh, you know, the, the, if if I could do the same, I would. 
Yeah, speaking of, uh, on that note, <laughs> on, on that, that note, note, I brought the Grolsch. Uh, the Grolsch reminds me of some of the crazier times in my life when I, when I, my stories can't even compare to John's, but hey, you know, I share a kindredship with him because uh, less than half of my girlfriends have tried to kill me. So, you know, we're on the same note there. <laughs> All right. Well, wonderful. Wonderful. Good. Wow. There's, um, there, there's so many things that um, I want to ask you about. Um, specifically with your uh, ghost token projects, because you know we we are ghost squawk, and uh, you know just by chance um, you have this token that is called ghost. Would you uh, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about it? Well, as much as I know, which is not very much. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So first and foremost, uh, I started the McAfee Dex Distributed Exchange. About five months ago, it's been running in beta for five months now. Why has it been in beta for five months? It's the most difficult thing I've ever done technologically. I mean, a true distributed decentralized exchange. So we actually have one. We started out with just Ethereum. Any idiot can exchange Ethereum for an ERC-20, for a DAI, whatever. Uh, so that was no big deal. But that's, that's how we started. We added Tron. Uh, then Binance, then EOS, and uh, just uh, four weeks ago, we added uh, Bitcoin. Uh, so now um, we're actually pretty much ready to go live. I think by uh, July, mid-July, we'll be live. In the meantime, uh, I developed a privacy coin capable of being exchanged on a distributed exchange. I mean, Monero is Jesus, one of the best uh, privacy coins uh, ever conceived uh, but you can't put it on a distributed exchange trust me we have tried it's, it's a difficult motherfucking blockchain uh, but in any case so we developed a ghost it's a proof of stake coin our main net's going live on the 22nd of this month um and um our you know we did an airdrop uh, for all holders of uh, EtherShare, EtherShare went up <laughs> by uh, seventeen thousand percent in just wow. a week. Damn. Um, and um, then we did a swap, and obviously the EtherShare coins dropped to next to nothing, twenty cents. But the Ghost coin still hanging at a dollar, and our and we will exchange, and that current ghost is an ERC twenty, which will exchange some for the true ghost coins when our main net goes live. It's a proof of stake coin. Um, why did we do that? Because even with Monero people, you know for a fact if if you have to exchange on a centralized exchange, then governments know where those exchanges are, know who right. run them, they know the employees, uh, the address. Um, we're kind of fucked. Uh, and because governments know how to apply pressure to people, they say, listen, because this is what's going to happen. Trust me, I'm predicting within two years, Monero is going to be declared uh, unlawful in almost every country in the world. So when my ghost token, when that happens, governments will then go to Binance, uh, Coin, whatever, put their thumbs down and say, listen, since... Uh, if you are doing exchanges with illegal coins, we want to know the names and addresses of those holders of, of Monero. Well, you know they have that because it was a centralized exchange because of KYC and AML. You have to give uh, credit, or no, well, you have to give your driver's license, your passport number, your bank information, all this shit. You're fucked. 
you'll be fucked. But on our exchange, we don't take any information. Um, I built the McAfee decks, all of the logic in smart contracts on all the blockchains. Um, what does that mean? I mean, first of all, blockchains are an immutable record. We took a big risk. If we fucked up, we'd have a fucked up system forever, but apparently we didn't. Now, I put no AML, no money laundering. We don't ask for your name, your address, your credit cards. Uh, uh, we don't keep your, your IP address. Nothing. The McAfee Dex is a portal through which you simply move and do your trading and leave. Totally, completely anonymous and private. Now, the SEC has already uh, informed me that I have to put AML and, and KYC, and unfortunately, I can't. I mean, I, my reply was, oh, I just, I wasn't thinking. I, I made a big mistake. I, I forgot all about uh, 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 know your customer and anti-money laundering. And unfortunately, we don't keep any information at all. Conveniently, right? <laughs> right. So the response is, well, then shut it down. Well, I, I wish you could. Unfortunately, well, you can't uh, because it's, it's was, distributed. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm sorry. I, I, I stupidly uh, put it on the blockchain. You forgot to put the kill switch in there, too. <laughs> and I, you know, I forgot to do that. I forgot this. I'm sorry. I can't do jack shit. <laughs> Neither can God himself unless he changes the laws of mathematics for this universe. I'm sorry. So, no. Can't ever be shut down, people. We keep no information. We charge nothing to list. There's a button on the top of our screen. You want to list a coin? Push it, list your coin. Cost you nothing. Uh, we, cha we charge no maker fees, only one quarter of 1% of taker fees, and that was supposed to um, uh, fund development. It never will. Uh, you know, I'm sorry we weren't thinking, but nevertheless, it's there. Um, and it's open source. And the ghost coin, the um, source will be released on the 22nd of this month. Uh, we told people that it was a fork of PIVX. It's not. Why did I say that? Well, because I didn't want the government or anybody else trying to uh, do an end run and shutting down ghosts before we got up and running. Um, and uh, no, we have our, it's a brand new blockchain people. It's like something you've never fucking dreamed of uh, with features that you can't imagine. And this is my gift to the fucking world. Um, take it or not. Uh, That's incredible. Do, does, your, does your exchange have APIs that we can connect to and you know, run, uh, run our own uh, programs and uh, you know, uh, connect to platforms with it? Fuck yes, dude, it's open fucking source. I mean, All right, perfect. Get, you may do anything you want with it. You can create your own exchange and call it yours and by merely copying our source and taking our name out. I don't give a flying fuck. I really don't. Okay. Nice. It's open source. It's open source. So then so you'd be open You'd be open to us kind of taking on the, because we have ghost squawk and you have the yeah. ghost coin. It's kind of like, hmm. You may do, you know. <laughs> let me tell you, okay, let me tell you my big project. Okay, these are tiny things that I've been working on. My big thing which is coming out in two months, is the ghost phone. No. All right. That's been a project you've been working on for quite a while, hasn't it? It has been five fucking years. You know how hard it is. Now, in the meantime, technology caught up. And I don't know if you guys have heard of or know what software sims are. Software sim. Anybody heard of that? Yep. 
Yeah, it's so disappointing. But anyway, you will. So <laughs> now, uh, the newer phones like the Samsung S20, uh, mm-hmm. any iPhone that's been put out in the past five months, uh, the new uh, uh, Google, what the fuck is the name of that phone? Anyway, oh, I think I know where uh, you're getting at with this. Is this are so, you are you talking about using SIMless cell phones? Yes. Yes. Okay, I know exactly what yes. you're talking about now. Yes. Now, why were they invented? Well, to give greater control to Google and others to find out where the fuck you are. Do you understand? <laughs> well, unfortunately, they didn't dream of someone like me existing in this world. So I go, hmm, let me think this through. I'm using it for the opposite. So we're not building a phone anymore. If you've got a Samsung S20, if you've got a Samsung um, a Fold, the one that the screen folds. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you've got a Samsung Flip, the new one, um, any of these phones, uh, we just send you a little barcode. And um, if you're in America, for example, $9.95 a month, you get one gigabyte of data. Um, now, the way I've done this, by the way, let me explain how we started, is I partnered with an Eastern European country, a large one, um, that has phone access uh, through their phone company. Partnered with them, um, they have created the world's first telephone company-owned virtual private network. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so just for us, just for us, for the ghost phone. Um, so for $9.95 a month, we send you a little barcode. Uh, you download the app from uh, Google Play or, you know, for me, wherever Apple people get their fucking apps, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm not fond of Apple. Um, scan it, and then you've got a, a one gigabyte for $9.95. As long as you're using data, no power on earth can locate you. They're not going to know not just what street corner you're on, not what city you're in, not what country, not what country you're in. Yeah. Nothing. Fucking nothing. Now, <laughs> this may last, I'm giving it six to ten years before governments figure out how to disable it. But well, God damn it, that's going to give us some time for free. Exactly. Exactly. Because, because, because what is the biggest problem? Where we are. Everybody knows where you fucking are all the time. Google can locate your ass within 30 feet now when 5G comes within 30 inches. Um, and this is the problem. I mean, governments during the coronavirus uh, plague were talking about were software that can track everybody's movements, who they came in contact with, when, and so on. Doesn't that scare the shit well, out yeah, of you? Yeah, Apple just recently. Should. Uh, it should, just but a lot of people don't care. Up. Apple just recently updated their uh, their API for the contract tracing um, in one of their most recent yes. software updates. Yeah, but see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Uh, if you take a, a newer Apple phone and and you uh, download our app and scan the thing, Apple doesn't know shit about where you are. Nobody so, knows. AMT doesn't know shit. The government doesn't know shit. Google doesn't know shit. Now, I am going to get some flack for this, people. You know this. I would have just made an enemy of Google, Apple, Microsoft. Not to mention the CIA. Uh, yeah, well, I've already made enemies of those motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, so, <laughs> shit. 
who gives a shit about them. I mean, they have been chasing me. They were the ones that got us arrested in the Dominican Republic eight goddamn months ago after we got booted out of Cuba. Why did we get booted out of Cuba? Because the CIA unofficially uh, went to the Cuban government and said, listen, give us McAfee and we'll give you all kinds of concessions. Well, the Cubans are too fucking small for that. They need you know, concessions. What does that mean? Um, you know, control by the U.S. government. So they they grabbed Janice and I, brought us into a, a military base in Cuba. A general came in, very apologetic. The Miss McAfee, the U.S. government has unofficially, because there's no official channel with Cuba, unofficially requested that we return you to America. Um, however, we are disinclined to do that. But Miss McAfee, I'm afraid now you are a serious problem for us. You have 72 hours to get out of the country and never come back. That was. That was not easy to do. We had a we had our yacht there. Our captain was in Nicaragua. Wow. <laughs> we got out of there six with sixteen hours to spare. Four days at sea. Went to the Dominican Republic. We couldn't. We didn't even get off the boat. We docked and were surrounded by soldiers, arrested. Uh, by the way, if you're looking for a jail experience, I do not recommend the Dominican Republic, except for those people <laughs> who are truly experienced in jails. So, uh, <laughs> some serious fucking jail time. In any case, um, we were there only in jail for four days, and my lawyers managed to get us out of the country. Uh, and they asked where we wanted to go. I said, England. They sent us to England, and we went underground. We've been underground ever since, so no one knows where the fuck we are. Now, one of the reasons for this fucking phone, the reason I kept doing it, is because I need it myself. But yeah. Look behind me. I mean, this is a goddamn soundproof room inside a fucking Faraday cage. The only room I can communicate from uh, because the whole world's looking for me. Now, if my phone, the ghost phone, were available today... Fuck me, I could go down. You could be doing it at a cafe. Uh, yes, a cafe and start doing, because here, no, it's only digital people. But do you need voice anymore? I'm serious. I mean, didn't the coronavirus teach us one thing? Zoom and Skype. It taught us and, that people are complacent. Well, it also taught us that we don't need fucking telephones. It was digitally. We're talking digitally now. I'm not on goddamn yeah. phone. Uh, neither are you. Who cares about not being able to call a phone number and have someone answer? <laughs> so um, the world's going to change, folks. It's going to fucking change. And the CIA and the NSA and world governments and hackers and everybody else has been depending upon the smartphone as their means of locating you, listening to you, watching you. When a lot of research on the a lot of research on the coronavirus compliance was done through phone data. Yes, however, that's going to change when you suddenly realize. Listen, if I use voice, I can be located, but if I use Skype or Zoom or, or Snapchat, has anybody actually made a phone call in the past like three years? Anyway, it's all it's always over Skype or WhatsApp or something like that. Yeah, well, I did. I did up until we had to throw our phones away eight months ago. But anyway, nevertheless, <laughs> John, nevertheless, uh, can, can, the, can um, the software from the app actually supersede the hardware? In uh, that's no, nothing can phone? supersede hard. Hang on, nothing can supersede hardware. 
I wish it could. It can't. Um, however, hardware is being made more and more open to software all the time. For example, when you turn your phone off, you press that button, do you think that shuts the power off? Fuck no. No, no. It's a signal to software to do its thing. And what does software do? It uses the software hooks to power down the phone. Everything uses software hooks. But now, you got some hard-wired hardware. No software can. I mean, there's even an Ethernet protocol that uh, you send a specific packet type and it'll turn on the machine. But, But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Does it matter? I'm not trying to supersede the hardware. Take the fucking SIM card out of your phone and scan our little scan code. Um... And you don't need voice, and no one will ever find you ever again. No, to me, what more could I give to the to the world as a parting fucking gift? Um, your 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 final parting fuck you to the world <laughs> to the world government. That's a great gift. Well, you know what? I, I, I've I've had a fuck you attitude toward authority, not the world, not friends, not. Not fun things, but no, fuck you toward authority. Yeah. What is authority? That those are the people to whom we entrust uh, our safety, our security, our futures, our everything, right? The police, the teachers. There's nothing yeah. to worry about here. The TV says everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Where are you guys located, by the way? So I, I'm actually out of Tampa, but because of the lockdowns, my fiance, um, she's in Montreal and she doesn't have the papers to come to us, but I have my residency in Canada. So I actually went back to Canada to be with her because I actually kind of foresaw, uh, some, you know, violence and shenanigans and that sure enough, that's what we're seeing. So, so you're, you're in there. Canada, you're in Canada, smart Correct. motherfucker. Uh, the other two, what part of America are you in? Guys? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in Montreal as well. What? Nobody in America? Okay. Okay. U.S. I mean, no, I'm in Kentucky. Well, you're you're in Kentucky? Yeah. Uh, All right. I've heard nothing about Kentucky. Now, are there riots anywhere in Kentucky? Louisville? Louisville, yeah. Uh, Louisville actually had some some stuff going on the other day. I think there were seven shootings. It's actually strange. Uh, The city there has... The murder rates actually surpassing Chicago's now. Um, there's just a you know well, a lot of crime there, fucking, but it's, it's, fucking, it's nowhere near it's where I'm at. It's all the fucking horses in Kentucky. I, I really believe horses. <laughs> <laughs> horse lives matter. Horse lives matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. Let me tell you, we 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 formed a bond with the horse in the mid 1800s, and the horse and its rider, uh, especially in the West, uh, were one thing. I mean, think about it. Uh, you lost your horse, man. You lost your fucking life. Are you going to have to what, hike 800 miles to the next fucking town? No. So, um, and, and we we somehow formed a bond, a commitment more than a bond. And and we abandoned that fucking commitment. Now what do we do? Uh, we have uh, horses for pleasure, for, for uh, watching them race. Horses are pissed off, I'm telling you now. We've got more horses per capita in Kentucky than anywhere. Uh, I'd move to, if I were you, Virginia or Delaware. Ain't no horses in Delaware. (laughs) (laughs) Um, John, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on right now with all this civil disrest? And, you know, I know a lot of of these groups are are funded by outside sources and seem to be contributing to the problems more than 
actually trying to solve them. Well, I think I think what's contributing to our problems more than anything else is our government is is using verbiage like um, yesterday. I, I was I was floored by um, America's president saying, "Martial law." No, it didn't say martial law. He said, "We will dominate the American cities." Didn't say we're going to cause peace or we're going to bring law. No, dominate was a fucking word. Now, I mean. It is Trump after all, and it's possible because it is a three-syllable word. Dominate. Uh, it's possible that that was his word of the day. You know, you got a calendar. Learn a new word a day. Today, Tuesday, what's away? Dominate, and it has pronounced it. And so you got to use it two or three dozen times in order to remember. So it's possible he was just using the word, but um, unfortunately, I think not. I think he actually meant the government is going to dominate. Sure. Don't you think the timing is a little too coincidental, this happening after, uh, you know, two months of confinement, uh, you know, when people are going stir crazy anyway, and it's just kind of like the, the, the match that... Well, uh, no, like, that well, no, that's that's the crazy I thing. So. I mean, like, people were stuck inside their house without working, yeah. no fault of their own. Well, that along, too, with the greatest distribu- uh, redistribution of wealth that our country's probably ever seen. It, was it not? Two trillion dollars got redistributed. What did they do? They created it. Out of the fucking the, thin yeah. air, and thin then air. distributed <laughs> it. We're, we're a financial. Distributed we're, it. <laughs> yes, to their fucking of, friends, family, and goddamn neighbors. Yeah, I mean, we, Justin fucking son got two million dollars, and that motherfucker paid four million for a two-hour lunch with Warren Buffett. Now, please God, you tell me uh, that this is not some special interest shit happening. This anyway, you ask a question. Shit. You ask, is it not? convenient or coincidental no it, I, I don't believe that this is some vast over, overarching conspiracy I, I think people just didn't think I mean, you lock people up for two fucking months in their house what do you, you expect them to come out without resentment anger frustration uh just fuck me all it <laughs> took was one little spark and that spark happened to be the poor gentleman um in Minneapolis, uh, that we unfortunately got to watch for eight goddamn minutes. Now, yeah. uh, uh, that's all it took, a spark, uh, and suddenly the anger, which is looking for a release. I mean, uh, fortunately, uh, many of us did not uh, shoot our spouses uh, or something else during this, but we still want to shoot something. And then <laughs> suddenly, suddenly you've got a reason. I mean, do See, I, I think governments are just too stupid to understand. And, and why are they stupid? Oh, you're not going to like me, people. It's because I think the great experiment of democracy, which began in America in 1776, might have on its course. Because if you look at what we are electing, are we electing... Uh, the most brilliant people on the planet? Are we electing people who can solve problems? Or are we electing people who are willing to pay a hundred million dollars to get a job paying 300,000? Yeah. <laughs> um, for what reason? Well, you use your common sense. Every congressman in America is a multi-millionaire, provided they've been there more than four years. 
they didn't start out as multimillionaires, but check it, please God, Google it. Every congressman, every senator. Sure. It, it, What's it, up it with is, that? It, it, it's, it's the, it's the profligate, profligate hypocrisy too. It's like Bernie Sanders telling us, uh, you know, how to live, you know, in socialism and all that while he has three mansions, you know. Uh, but just, let, let, me, let me give you an alternative because the alternative is what is the reality under which you're living, whether you like it or not. Let's look at the CIA. The CIA is a lifelong career. I mean, you don't join the CIA, work four years and quit. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. I mean, you can quit, but they will whack you immediately because you know too much, do you understand? Mm -hmm. No, it's a lifetime job. There are CIA employees who can speak 35 languages fluently. People who understand the nuances of international relations, um, political alliances, religion, culture, history, everything. And what do our fucking presidents know? They know how to take money from your pocket, put it into theirs. They know how to campaign. They know how to lie. They know how to uh, disseminate false <laughs> Please, people, please. And you expect our fucking world to improve by actually voting for someone paying a hundred goddamn million dollars for the job. No, we people are the fools. We are the idiots. We have not thought this through. Do you understand our first president, George Washington, had to be drug kicking and screaming into that office. Why? God damn it. He was the general of the Continental Army. Fuck me. The most powerful man in America as the general. Slipped in ditches, got dysentery, lost a fucking toe to frostbite. Jesus God. He didn't want the presidency. He wanted to fish on his farm on the Potomac River. And I understand the fishing on the Potomac back then was fucking outrageous. But no, they wouldn't let him. Why? Because everybody involved sat him down and said, George, who the fuck? Who the fuck if not you? What, me, Ben Franklin? I, I just drink and chase women. I was going to say, ben, ben Franklin's another huge uh, political figure, my, one of my favorite guys on the favorite human beings well, in yeah, history. But, but seriously, he knew enough to know, I can't be president. It's a smart motherfucker. Fuck me. There's not, enough, there's not enough bedrooms in the White House to fit all the chicks that I fuck daily. So no, can't be him. Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Cheers to Ben Franklin. Jefferson, Jefferson couldn't find Cheers his fucking glasses. Right. And John Hancock? Yeah, the dude had a fucking awesome signature, but nothing else. No, please. It had to be George. It had to be. So they shamed him into taking the job, and goddamn, he did good. The last president that did not want to be president was Dwight Eisenhower, who left offices in 1960, one of the greatest of American presidents. And what did he do when he left off? By the way, same thing. He'd been the Allied commander during the Second World War, commanded the troops of half of the world, and they offered him the presidency of his country? Fuck that shit. No, he didn't want it. He was also old. He goes, I've been shot at. I have been without sleep. I have suffered more than you can imagine. Do not ask this of me. But they shamed him. 
who was there at that fucking time. It's a pretty chaotic time for America, people. Bunch of opportunists everywhere. So he took the job. When he left office in 1960, he warned America of two things. The CIA and the military-industrial complex, saying that these... As did Kennedy, and look what happened to him. Let me, right, let me tell you, let me finish this story, because it's, it's telling. So he warned the CIA and military-industrial complex and said that if we do nothing, they will steal the Constitution and every American freedom. We did nothing. Kennedy came in next, next, next up, and he goes... Not long into his office, um, I'm going to dismantle the CIA, not going to fire anybody. I'm going to take all the employees and I'm going to put them into all the other agencies we have because there are 13 covert fucking agencies of the Secret Service, the NSA, uh, the um, uh, Air Force uh, covert agencies, Army, Marine, uh, Navy. No, fuck me, they're all over the place. And we're going to partition it out. 31 days later, he came, he met with an accident. Also, there was the uh, Order 11110, right? You know, where he was going to take power away from the Federal Reserve. So you basically pissed off two of the most powerful organizations. Powerful in the world people in the world, and, and it, just, it just disappeared. Now, uh, a few years later, his brother Bobby uh, ran for president, and it was pretty clear he was going to goddamn win. Uh, and what was his uh, campaign all about? Dismantling. Uh, the covert agencies of America. Now, what happened to him? They didn't even let him get to be president. They had shot his sorry ass a month later on a campaign, on, a, on the campaign trail. Now, that was the last time anybody, anybody uh, has gone up against those two powers. This is the problem. The country is not what you think it is. A democracy does not exist anymore. And whoever you elect as president, they're powerless. You think Donald Trump has power? <laughs> Please, God. He does not. He is a puppet with a thousand strings. The, the, what, I, what I always tell people um, is that, okay, you think uh, Obama was any different from Mitt Romney or, or go, going back as far as you could go. Just it's, it's public. You can see their campaign don donors, right? And you notice they're all don their donors are the same people, different amounts but the same fucking people, right? Because they don't really care who gets in. No, they don't. It, 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 and also, any of those who have enough awareness to observe elections, have you ever, people, ever had a single hair on your head wafted by the awesome exchange of power when a new president is elected? No. Doesn't mean jack shit, people. And we, even if presidents work hard to make change, like Obama with Obamacare, we all knew. <laughs> Why bother? They're going to dismantle it, which they did. Nothing changes because it's not in the interest well, of the military industrial we've complex. All, we've all been fed the false narrative, right, of a false dichotomy. Okay, so it's, it's basically for, for as long as I've been alive, you're always choosing between the lesser of two evils. I remember even when I was a child, my parents were discussing politics. It wasn't, oh, we believe in this guy. It's, well, this guy can't get in because we're all fucked if he does. And it's been like that forever and ever. It's just getting worse. False dichotomy. I'd like to, like to flatter you a bit on the use of a three-syllable word dichotomy <laughs> which i have not heard in two weeks so um it's a good word dichotomy <laughs> a false uh, dichotomy. cheers to false dichotomy <laughs> cheers to big words <laughs> <laughs>
maybe maybe that'll be Trump's word tomorrow. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure his word yesterday was um, um, dominate. We, dominate. We are going to dominate. Another three-syllable <laughs> word. He doesn't use many of them. He doesn't like three-syllable words. I've only, I've only seen him use one four-syllable word, and that was incorrect. I, I uh, find that he <laughs> likes to use one word and stretch it out. Like huge, huge, <laughs> China. Well, that's because here, hang on. He hangs out with intelligent people like Putin, uh, who use five syllable words, and it takes longer to say "Unab Hengekeitskrieg" than it does to say "huge." And so Donald, feeling inferior, goes, oh, "Let me show you something, huge." <laughs> right? You think you can use big words? How about that? <laughs> a long word. <laughs> Gentlemen, we have time for one more question. Where was I? So, okay, so uh, I, got, I got this. Um, uh, somebody's microphone is, uh, there we go. So, um, you know, my background is fairly similar to yours in the sense that I, I was um, from physics and math. You know, I worked really hard to um, start this company that we have. We're doing natural language processing applied to the headlines. We're teaching people about finance. Do you have any advice for young entrepreneurs like ourselves to succeed? Or are we just fucked? <laughs> Why do you people always come up with serious fucking questions? Or oh, okay. I'll give you another question. one. What, what side are no, no, you? No, no, no. Come on, come on, come on. This is a serious question. It's a good one. It needs a serious answer. Whoa. First and foremost, <laughs> very few successful businesses started with a plan. Very few. Certainly. We call that the DC way. We just wing it. We call it douche. Just do shit till it works. That's fine. But yeah. Okay. Because what, what works is opportunism. I'm sorry. This is what it is. I mean, a smart person with a, with a uh, very clear head watching carefully everything that crosses his, his, his attention. In my case, I was just working for Lockheed and my brother-in-law and San Jose read me a little article on the back page of the San Jose Mercury News in uh, August of 1987 saying, hey, listen to this. There's this new thing called computer virus. And I go, what? I grabbed the paper, read the article. Um, no one had ever used the word computer virus before. Other John, than John von Neumann. John von Neumann. Did he? Yeah, yeah he, he wrote about it, yes. Well, see, I'm unaware of that, but certainly we'd never seen one until 1987 when two brothers in Pakistan wrote a thing called the Pakistani brain, and they called it computer virus. It's inside the virus, the text. So I got a copy from a friend at Stanford the next day, disassembled it, and I was, I was awestruck. The world's first artificial intelligence, really, because there are viruses, they're artificial intelligence. What are they? living things they have goals number one hide survive multiply multiply exactly and and most of them while you're at it want to do some damage like real viruses okay so <laughs> um and that was it i'm thinking fuck me um and that was the beginning of mcafee i had no idea they fucking existed uh, so anyway, though, so the next day I got the copy on a, on a Tuesday, wrote a program on Wednesday uh, to find it, to detect it, kill it, and put your system back together. 
put it up on my bulletin board system. We did not have the internet back then. We had I had the largest bulletin board system in Silicon Valley called Home Base. Home Base had 32 fucking phone lines coming in. Um, and a month later, I had ten million dollars in the bank, and I went out. It happened. It just was. It was an opportunistic thing that I took advantage of. And then, um, uh, twelve years later, it was sold to Intel for eight billion dollars. So that wasn't planned, people. And didn't Bill Gates planned Microsoft? Fuck no. He was playing around with operating systems for the eighty eighty, the Intel eighty eighty. There were two people doing it. There was a company in Southern California in San Diego called Digital Research. And there was another company in Seattle called Microsoft. Microsoft was just two kids. <laughs> Digital Research actually had about 10 fucking employees. Um, IBM decided to create the world's first open architecture personal computer which they did uh, but ibm is a great hardware manufacturer and a piss poor software manufacturer so they went shopping for the operating system they first went to digital research in san diego this is on a friday i knew both of these motherfuckers i knew bill Gates. <laughs> i knew the digital research crowd so they went to digital research on on a friday morning and presented uh, uh, the crew with an opportunity listen uh, we're going to give you jack shit for your operating system. However, we're going to open up our architecture, and which will mean that you will own the operating systems for the largest personal computer in the world. And the digital research people go, well, we got to get our lawyers on this. And I said, we don't have time. They packed up, went up to see Bill Gates, gave him the same offer, and he said, where do I sign? Do you think he planned that? Fuck me. Had his competitors signed, Bill Gates would have been a footnote in history. Uh, some young kid that failed at his first uh, business opportunity. He may have gone on to build something else. I don't know, but no, that was an opportunity. There are no successful people in the fucking world who got there from a fucking plan. So this is my advice. If you've got a plan, Piss on it and get something else. <laughs> <Nice>. All right. <laughs> That's why we do thank shit you the very PC much. way. <laughs> thanks, thanks, John. Right. Uh, really thanks, appreciate thank your you time. Thank you very much, John, for for coming on to the Ghost Squawk Experience. Cool. Thank you very much for Miss Janice for uh, for hooking us up. And shout thank out you, Miss Janice. Uh, shout You're out welcome. to Rude Boy V, <laughs> Rude Boy V on Twitter for uh, for getting us in contact with uh, with uh, McAfee's team. Uh, very much appreciate. Right. Thank you very much for your time. Cool. All right. Thank you, there. Bye bye. All right. Have Take a care. Day. All right.